1: I'm Chris, and, and welcome, welcome to, to The Most Haunted swel- City <laughs> on
0: Earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons.
1: And I'm Chris Susie.
0: And today we are joined by a very wonderful guest, Maddie.
2: Hi, it's nice to see you all.
0: Yes. And we will uh, introduce her a little bit further in just a second, but I do have a few announcements before we get started. Uh, first off, I do want to show off this lovely little cross stitch that one of our para junkies, Nicole Kingbird, uh, made for us. It's really cute. I was uh, JT and I met up with her to get coffee when she was in Savannah and she was like, I made you this. And I'm like, this is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And so now it lives here with us. Yeah, it's so. fantastic. So we had to show it off. But yes, um, our para junkies are very talented. And those of you who are not para junkies, I'm sure you are also very talented. Um, But as uh, another side announcement, if you're listening to this now, that means that our merch is released. Yes, we, we have merch. We have these shirts that say, stay spooky, y'all. So if you want to wear that on your chest or you want to wear the boot-y full sweatpants with the ghost on your booty, um, that's pretty fun. We've got fanny packs. We've got hats. We've got all the things. So if you're looking to uh, ghost up your wardrobe a little bit, then you know where to go. It's at hauntedcitypodcast.com. And that's where you can find our merch. And so now that we have those out of the way, uh, Maddie, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, hi, um, my name is Madison Weichel, and I am a MFA student at SCAD in Savannah. And um, I've had a few ghostly encounters in my lifetime, specifically uh, regarding family members. And I'm actually working at the Savannah Underground, um, and that's kind of how we met.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Uh, Maddie's one of our our newest um, actors at the Underground. She plays Annabelle, which is our yellow fever patient, which is super fun. She also is now going to start giving tours. So if you like her, you should come take one of her tours. But let's dive right on in to the fun part. Um, So Maddie, uh, when she was training for the tour, she showed JT this photo of her grandmother. Um, So would you like to tell the story? Because I'm sure you're going to tell it better than I would because I obviously was not there. But
2: yeah, absolutely. So um, my grandmother was really close with me and it's actually my great grandmother. Um, I was very lucky enough to meet her and she lived until I was about eight years old. And, um, I was super close with her and she actually was born and died in the same house in the same room. Um, and kind of, uh, when she passed away, I was sleeping and I kind of had this dream that, uh, I was at her house. I'd walked downstairs and she was like making bread, which she did every morning. And I sat, had some bread with her and had a cup of tea. And she told me that she had passed on. Um, and I got up that morning and I went downstairs to see my mom and, You know, we had a little family sit down, and my mom said, I have to tell you guys something. And I was like, I think I already know. I think great-grandma has passed away. And she was like, yes, um, how did you know that? And I told them the dream kind of thing. Since then, I've had a few other dreams um, of family members passing away. But what's really interesting is um, in this photo, it is actually taken about a year after her death. And... um, In the photo, it's in the house that she was born and the house that she died in. And we always have these huge family reunions together. And so we're all kind of sitting outside, taking a family picture. And on the porch, actually, which was being painted at the time, and later I found out hate blue. I wasn't aware of that before. Um, You know, painting, actually, the floorboards and everything. There's a wet paint sign that's hanging up as well. And, um, when we looked back at this photo in front of this porch, you can actually see my grandmother's face in the window and, um, you know, it's proof that someone wasn't out there because there's no footprints on the wet paint still or anything like that, but clear as day, you can see her in the window. So it's
1: amazing.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a very crazy story. It's so interesting. Um, so Chris has never seen this photo, but I'm going to show you the photo.
1: Old eyes I'm gonna get look right up on it because I like doing that. That's um mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well that's kind of amazing. Yeah, a lot of times when people will bring a a, a ghost photograph in or or something that they feel is, is supernatural, they 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 find themselves um, doing the yeah. You know, it's in the corner, the little spot. No, no, that is definitely a, a face. clear as and, day. And, and you recognize this as, yeah, as yeah. your grandmother. If you want, it, I
2: can pull up a picture of my grandmother as well. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: absolutely. Yeah, uh, and that's that's wonderful, actually, when you think about, you know, all the love that is gathered there. Uh, you know, um, familial ties and everything, and, uh, and, of course, wanting to be included. I would absolutely see, you know, that as a... Uh, a wonderful. Uh, it's it's interesting because I'm I'm so drawn to it. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's like uh, because also you know uh, being a, a printout from the computer, it is it is hazy in 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 that I've printed this out from the computer feel, but. Um, but the more you look at it, the more defined it is, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, uh, on first blush, you're like, is it a reflection? Is it a, <laughs> you know, or am I seeing something that, you know, could easily be explained away, but the more you, you begin to see, oh no, I can kind of make out how the shoulders are and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the neck and the, even the neckline of the shirt or, you know, and, and that really does help give you definition to what you're looking at. Uh, as, you know, obviously a person. And I would not, you know, after looking at this, I would not uh, uh, imagine that there wasn't a person, you know, on the other side of the window. You know, you, you get to that place where you're like, oh, you know, if somebody showed this to me, I would not think it was paranormal. I would just think, oh, you know, there's somebody... Standing at the window. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, somebody was late to the photo.
1: Yeah,
2: and um, actually going through with my family, you know how we take these group photos is we have someone set up the camera and then go run to the opposite oh, sure. side to mm-hmm. come in, and so everyone was on that side that um, ra- right out front and everything. So, and it's such a, let a let large happen.
1: gathering of people. Yeah, you know, uh, that's that's another thing about uh, moments like this is. The more people who are there in love and and together, that that emotional contact and context should you know bring about that celebration of life. That idea that that this is you know where my heart would be if mm-hmm. if if I were still around, I would want to be with the people who love me and who I'm love, and then they love each other. And so you know when you see a a, a large gathering of family, uh, whether you see a, a spirit or not, they're there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to yeah. be there uh, because the strongest bond you're going to make in your life, familial and love, those are the ones that are going to bring you back. You know, those yeah. are the ones that are going to going to you know make it apparent that you're still around. Yeah.
0: What I think is fascinating too is that she was born and died in the same room, in the same house. That is so unique and um very rare for people to have that type of experience so of course she's going to also have like a form of connection to the home too Mm -hmm. so the fact that you guys were having like a family reunion in her home her that was such a big part of her existence i mean it makes sense that she would still be kind of in an essence around the house in general.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's an old house. I mean, you know, it has a radiator and everything. So oftentimes, like staying there even, um, you can hear almost like these creaks and stuff. Um, and sometimes it sounds like, though, coming from her room and everything. And um, the what we like to say about this photo is that um, grandma had to come to a family reunion after she couldn't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, sure. um, yeah. But it's it's a really special place. Um, that's That house has also been in our... Family for generations,
0: oh, even. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. The, it's a super special photo, and like that is such a cool, like, experience for your family, I'm sure, and very validating too, you know, for um, a lot of people who have had uh, loved ones who come back and visit in the afterlife, you know, to feel like, okay, well, you know, if they can capture a photo of their loved one on camera, maybe my experience as well is, um, you know, just as valid, even if it's not on camera or something like that. So thank you for sharing that with us. We really, absolutely, we love seeing photos like this, you know, um, and having experiences with loved ones is usually the first ghost experience for a lot of people. Um, I know like my first ghost experience was with my grandmother. Um, and I've told the podcast this a few times, but yeah, like when I was very little, uh, because my grandmother passed away when I was two and, uh, I would wake up in the morning and I would be able to go downstairs and tell my parents like, oh, grandmommy came to visit me, even though I had no idea anything about her, didn't know what she wanted me to call her. But I could perfectly describe her and she would do this for a very large point of my childhood. And so that was like how I realized I could see spirits was by, you know, having her come to visit me. But a lot of people, they will say, I've never had a ghost experience before until, you know, my mom passed away or my husband passed away. And I feel their presence or things of that nature. So.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I want to say that I, I've interviewed thousands of people in my lifetime about ghosts. I've, I've, I've talked to them. And I say interview, but in, in many cases, it's, it is just discussion. But in, in a lot of cases, it was, you know, taking notes and, and really performing an interview, and the most common ghost story, the absolute most common ghost story is on the night my blank died, they visited me in a dream. the night my grandmother died, on the night my uncle died, my sister, my brother, my husband, whatever it was, they visited me in a dream. It's the most common ghost story, and I know countless people who've had this experience, and, and some of them are very distinct and, and, and notable. And, and my own experience was with a friend, a friend who was in the hospital. Um, I felt my bed like depressed by my feet and it woke me up. So I believed that I was waking up and he was sitting at the end of my bed and he, he just looks at me and he says, my whole life has been a race between my liver and my lungs Mm. and, and then disappears, which, you know, then I Mm -hmm. find myself sitting up and realizing, oh no, I was asleep. But I learned the next day that he had passed in the night. And it was one of those things where I knew it. You know, that experience was like telling me, oh, you know, he's gone. Um, uh, One of my exes, her grandmother, when her grandmother passed, um, she came and said, you know, you're going to have to come home, you know, come home. And so she woke up in the middle of the night and started packing before the phone even rang. You know, and sure enough, while she was packing, the phone rings. It's like, oh, Maury's passed and it's time to come home. And she's like, I know. Gets in the car, drives home, drives to Maury's house, her, her grandmother. And it's it's now like dawn, but there's somebody mowing the lawn. And she pulls up and it's, you know, a, a groundskeeper of the house, you know, a lawn maintenance guy. He's mowing the lawn and uh, the family's beginning to arrive. And he says, last night, Maury came to me in a dream and told me I had to mow the lawn because there's going to be guests. And wow. I was like, oh, wow.
0: <laughs> well, then it's interesting how many people like have those same experiences or even like when people are about to pass um, there's so many accounts of people saying that like my daughter who passed way before um, you know, her grandmother, when my uh, mom was dying, my daughter showed up and my mom kept saying like, Oh, she's here, she's here or whatever. And there are so many uh, people who've worked in hospices and to say that they, that's how they know that that person's about to go is when, loved ones start start showing up. Um, and they say that they are seeing them in their room or things like that. So it's interesting how our loved ones kind of stick around with us Mm -hmm. as spirits. And it kind of, um, shows that like, you know, there is a, a little bit of free will as a spirit as well. Um, you know, they aren't always confined to these spaces and things like that because they're able to appear when you need them. Or a lot of times it's in a form of grieving, uh, You know, they know like this is going to help this person try to get through this grieving process by just seeing me one last time or things like that. Um, But on another topic. uh, So I know you're kind of sensitive to spirits in a way. So do you have any other like paranormal experiences outside of just like family members or do you have Um, any other unique experiences?
2: Yes, I was I feel so
0: attuned to it when I was
2: younger and kind of as I've gotten older. It creeps me out occasionally, so I tend to kind of block it off, hence, like, my silver necklace that I know you've seen before, but I like to wear that (laughs) oftentimes, um... And like a different methods of meditation to kind of block some of it off um, from getting too much. But um, when I was younger, I used to hang out in my backyard um, in a hammock and stuff like that. And there was this man that would always come like and he was just working on the yard in the back and stuff. Um, But I always think of him as like my friend, you know, when I was laying in the hammock, he'd often come and just like sit and talk with me. And um, I I was sitting out there with my sister one day and I was like, do you see this man? Do you see this man? And she's like, there's no man there. (laughs) There's no man and, um, you know, unconfirmed, but I'm pretty sure that's a spirit that I was seeing, not just my imagination, um, because it was so vivid. You know, if I saw his face again, I could definitely recognize it. Um, And yeah, that's one of the main ones that I had when I was younger as well.
0: Um, Absolutely. Well, I mean, kids are so... Connected to the spirit world, so a lot of times uh, I think we've mentioned this before. Where like you know, when your kid has a imaginary friend of sorts, more than likely they're talking to somebody who's dead. Um, especially when they say how vivid it is and they know so many details about that person. It's hard to like disregard that and say like, oh, their imagination's just running wild. Because I mean, sure, there are kids that have very vivid imaginations, but it a lot of times kids are just so open to the idea of the spirit world and things like that, that they're able to, you know, have those connections. And then honestly, it's kind of nice for spirits too, to have some someone who's living actually acknowledge them and validate them and have that connection. But it also opens kids up to a lot of really scary things as well. So I totally get why you'd be afraid of that, um, you know, even as an adult now, because... That's also the reason why children are more susceptible to possessions and oppressions and stuff like that because they are so open and they're so
1: vibrant as energies. But We've talked about it a lot uh, as far as like uh, towards the end of life, um, the idea of the passage of a spirit, the door opening up and the ability of spirits to capitalize on the moment of death. To cross into our plane and into our li- our world, which is where you get sacrifice. You know when you when you kill something, the uh, the door opens, and then you can try to manipulate something to come through. We very rarely ever speak of the fact that the door opens when you come into this world, and when you're coming into this world, when that door opens, spirits can attach or 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 find their way in through the beginning of life as well as the end of life so at the beginning of life there is this vibrant and incredible life force that is coming into the world i mean people underestimate the pure miracle of life they they choose to think that it is chemical and and biological and and clinical but it's significant and when that life is Young, it is the passage. It was the passageway in. So a lot of times they are trailing amazing paranormal, supernatural energies that spirits will be drawn to. Um, and you you do hear this. You hear this a lot of uh, children. Uh, I had a friend whose whose child used to talk to an angel statue. Oh,
0: and there's this creepy. little <laughs> angel statue um,
1: at on on their mantle, and and she would whisper to it. But she was so young that she wasn't really a conversationalist, but she was to this statue, to the statue. She was like always go up and whisper in its ear and, and talk to it. And it was so fascinating because, you know, it's creepy. You know, you, you're like, that's a, that's a creepy thing for a small child to do. But it's also kind of heartwarming because the child was so affectionate with it and so, so very, you know, enamored with whatever was happening and, the, and, and whatever it was uh, brought the child joy. It was happy to see an angel, you know, this, um, you know, actually it was uh, more cherubim kind of (laughs) childlike ghost, uh, childlike ghost, childlike statue. And and I find that endlessly fascinating is uh, you hear the imaginary friends. And when imaginary friends are set up before the process of socialization, before like going to school, before knowing how to interact with other people on a regular basis, that opens the door for well, how do they know to interact with an imaginary friend if they don't really have real friends to you know uh, create the that bond that that experience uh, so yeah, I think that is a lot of evidence of early life paranormal energy
0: but I think it's also interesting that even in movies, they portray it a lot of times as like the ghost is having a tea party with the kid or like, and I think that's pretty true to life as well, just because, you know, spirits, I think can acknowledge that you are a child. And so they're going to want to do activities with you that are appropriate for, you know, a kid. So they'll sit and have a tea party with you, or they'll sit in the hammock with you and just hang out or whatever it is. Uh, When it comes to talking to haunted objects though, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, I, I just, I can't get the logic of it, you know, cause I had the haunted doll that lives in this theater. I just, and then my sister had a haunted Teletubby, which was just horrifying.
1: <laughs> That's pretty scary. <laughs> oh, it was the
0: most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. My mom hated it. Um, you know, and my parents didn't have a ton of paranormal experiences with me because I think they were trying to live in their disbelief of like, no, my child isn't the kid from the sixth sense, even though I would tell them, I'm like, the ghosts are going to get me at night. Oh no. <laughs> um, but my sister had the yellow Teletubby, whatever that one's name was
1: it's a rhyming two word thing
0: yes whatever (laughs) whatever that one was and um it so these Teletubbies would talk when you like press its belly but the problem was is that it would talk even when no one was in the room like you'd hear it just babbling it would go or whatever Teletubbies do you know and my mom got so freaked out by this thing because she like swore it would say like words sometimes, like things that it shouldn't have been programmed to say. And she tried to take the batteries out. She tried to take the voice box out. My sister loved the the Teletubbies, so she didn't want to get rid of it, but she tried to like mutilate it in a way to like get it to not uh talk and she said even without the like voice box in it it would still say no that's not
1: good
0: and i'm like teletubbies were freaky (laughs) to begin with so yeah i'm just like when i hear kids being like i loved the the angel doll and like it talked to me i'm like Mm-mm. No, I just, I can't get there. I can't, can't get with the logic. It's you funny know? because
1: my sister, when she was very young, had a Mrs. Beasley doll, um, which was from a, a show called, I think it was called The Family Affair or something, but it was a, it was an old woman doll. Oh God. And, <laughs> um, and, and there was a lot of attachment back and forth, but, um, and I think I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but my sister had this ghost that followed her, an old woman uh, that followed her from a cemetery. like uh, we were passing a cemetery I think in North Carolina and this ghost saw her and and for a good chunk of her early childhood, she would talk about this old woman, but she would she named her Miss Beasley, Mrs. Beasley uh, because of the doll because the doll was an old woman doll, which was weird to begin with. I, I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> an old, uh, Mrs. Beasley doll. Mrs. Beasley was an old white-haired woman with glasses in a in like a, a long blue dress. Uh, which I'm like, oh, that's exciting! You know, yeah, <laughs> the right. kids will love it. Here's a, you know, action grandma. Take it, action um, grandma. She and,
0: does, yeah, kick flips. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, if you're if you're imaginative enough, action grandma can do anything. Um, but I think it was uh, my sister's way of identifying the figure because apparently the figure was an older woman with white hair and a dress, in a long dress. Um, but she she became like as time went on as the old woman in black. Um but uh in those in the early instances, uh she had this Mrs. Beasley doll and then there was this Mrs. Beasley spirit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Chris's uh sister, um I'm I know you have never met Jen <laughs> um, uh, but she was definitely a person who, you know, um was very surrounded by spirits. Oh, yes.
1: Uh, very much so. And uh, not to go too far into detail, but my sister has always been very close to death. So um, she had always had an amazing like array of insight and uh, ability. And when she was 21, she had a brain tumor. And uh, when they removed the brain tumor, she lost... A lot of the sensitivity that she had growing up, like she, she always knew when things were about to happen, and she always had like this this kind of sixth sense about things. And um, and when they removed the tumor, it was like it all just kind of muted and and uh, and it was very interesting because she had had the tumor her, her entire life. It was a, a dermal cyst, a thing that kind of collected genetic material and just grew in her brain as she grew. Um, you know, uh, some people thought it was like a twin that had been swallowed. Sure. So, you know, her, her mind, and, and she also was this brilliant mathematician. Uh, she used to be able to do very complex math without working on it, like looking at problems and knowing the answer. She had a very interesting way. They, they tried to make her a tutor. <laughs> they were like, you should teach. You're, you're, incredible. you're an incredible mathematician. But the way she knew math was, well, that number acts like this, and that number acts like this. And when they get together like that, this happens. And you can't teach that. You can't teach yeah, people, well, yeah. these are the relationships numbers, and this is this. And so it was fascinating because she never showed her work. You know, she, she, she would just know the answer. And it was because in her mind, mathematics was a language that that once you translate— you know the answer. Uh, and, but she couldn't write it out. She couldn't say this equals that equals that equals that. She only kind of like understood it. And I was like, that's amazing. When she lost, the, when she had this brain surgery, she lost her math ability. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was fascinating because brain is amazingly complex and, and amazing thing. But it was really interesting to, to see that transfer of, you know, uh, uh, ability. Absolutely. Well, that, that is
0: fascinating to hear because, you know, um, it, it is something that a lot of people say that like you're born with the abilities that you have. But it, it's interesting that that was the reason why it shut down or like that's the pinpoint. That's,
1: even, even to the point, uh, and it's interesting because I did not know this growing up, but um, near my grandfather's passing when he was when he was dying. It turned out that he was a mathematician. And I didn't know this because uh, you know. By time I got to know my grandfather, he was he was a retiree, and he was this just pleasant, like you know, fun guy who went around the house and and spoke French, uh, and and uh, uh, oh, super smart, super smart guy. Uh, but as he was as he was passing, uh, he talked in numbers. He would talk to people, and but but all he would say were a string of numbers, and people were like, "Oh, he's you know." He's, he's losing. He's going, and and when Jinhee had this uh, um, tumor removed, and and she kind of lost her her that that interesting math ability. I was like, I wonder if that was some genetic bond. I wonder if there was something to yeah. it, because if my grandfather at some point in his life was trying to communicate to another person, but only spoke in numbers, you know, <laughs> he was he was he was mm-hmm. just spouting numbers to someone trying to get them to understand something. Uh, I wonder if there wasn't something. You know, because I did not get it. I am, <laughs> I am no math genius. I'm no, I'm, I, I don't have the math bit. But, uh, but I found that really interesting because could it be that there's something inherent in us that, that, that inherits these abilities, you know, because that's an innate ability to understand something that, uh, that again, when, when she tried to teach it, she'd be like, what do you mean? That's an eight. You know how eights are. <laughs> you know, you know what an eight is like. And when it comes across that, you know, it, it just was such an interesting way of of processing information.
0: That's so interesting. And wow, I wish that <laughs> I was born with that ability, um, you know, I would trade in a lot of uh, skills that I have if I could have been able to do that because I was horrible at math um but it's like the study of enneagrams (laughs) right seriously those seven wings you know it's uh, (laughs) (laughs) but um so are you the only person who's, like, really sensitive to spirits in your family or is, like, your sibling? Uh, uh, no.
2: Yeah, my sister actually is quite sensitive as well. Um, she mostly is in touch with, like, tarot cards and stuff in a okay. way. Um, I read them occasionally, but not as well as my sister. Um, and, you know, kind of uh, – I've talked with uh, my family about it before, and there's been kind of, like, strings of women in our family that are just kind of more sensitive to it. And – um you know, have, like, found it, like, a spiritual kind of aspect to it, mostly. Um, specifically, my grandmother was very, like, empathetic as well, and I think that also has a lot to do with it, is um, being empathetic people, you're more open to allowing kind of this energy, and whether the energy is, you know, like, spirits full-fledged, or if it's just a feeling, um, this intuition, you know, allowing that energy to kind of pass through Um, allows you to kind of decode it in a way with empathy, having that like a lot of those blocks away. Um, And so even if, um, you know, you're not born with the ability, I do think there are ways to develop it as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, Oh, yeah. And it's really special to have, you know, that photo and have that connection with my grandmother. And um, also, you know, from hearing from some of the things about her, you know, that empathy as well that is passed through.
0: Absolutely. Really nice. nice. Yeah. That happens with a lot of families. I've noticed, especially with women, um, you know, people who are, uh, born female or are female presenting in families and things like that. A lot of times it does get general generationally passed through, uh, which is so fascinating. Um, I have a kind of similar trait with that with my grandmother on my dad's side. She was very, very spiritual and very um, psychically in tune. She was able to like predict my mother coming into my dad's life because she would read uh, playing cards. And so she would like read my dad's cards against his will and uh, <laughs> she would. And so, um, she would be like, Carrie, I keep seeing this blonde lady in your cards. Who's the blonde lady in your life? And he's like, I don't know who this blonde lady is. And he was with somebody else at the time. And so he's like, you need to stop saying it though. Because, you know. <laughs> and then uh, a couple months after she said that my mom literally fell into my dad's lap at a bar. So like, you know, it's, uh, it's, It's very interesting how those sort of abilities pass down, because I feel like when my grandmother died, I got her abilities of sorts. So
2: I actually find it really interesting that it is women and going off of what you said
0: earlier about, um,
2: you know, life being so close and perhaps there's like a draw slash connection between, you know, people who are able to give birth and create this life and the psychic abilities and the ability to tap into it more.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, there is no question that, you know, the, the, the feminine, uh, has such a connection with the cycle of life far more than 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 the male counterparts. You know, it, it is definitely this uh, easily traceable, and you find it too that if you look at history long enough, you'll you'll see that the. The genuine fear of the feminine <laughs> that led to you know witch trials, that led to persecution, that led to you know highly chauvinistic societies and and, and paternal societies. Um, the the matriarch uh, concept was a suppressed concept because of this power that is easily documented and recognizable and seen time and time again. That there is a connection to the cycle of life and the cycle of energy that, that goes into creating life that is uh, not easily accessed by the male population. As a matter of fact, many of those ghostly stories that I know of, uh, of, of children communicating and, and things of that nature seem to, to be far in the majority female um, presenting. And then, uh, upon the first, uh, you know, uh, the beginning of of puberty and and the menstrual cycle, it, it ramps up, you know, uh, which creates even more of an interesting sensation of oh, you know, you're you're coming into a power, you know, a true power that if you were to focus it properly, and that's where, you know, I I I am not a uh, an advocate of divination that much, <laughs> you know, uh, tarot cards and, and, and d- divining in any way. It's like, well, you know, it, it, again, it's knowledge that isn't necessarily meant for us, but it is an excellent way to hone that intuition, that power. Uh, t- you have, uh, you know, abilities that, that are scattered and wide. And by using something like cards, you are focusing in that empathy, that, that power, it it gives it an outlet and and, and a channel because otherwise you could be bombarded. So like if you find yourself bombarded by spiritual energies, by, you know, even emotions, sometimes finding that focal point, you know, finding something like the tarot to really uh, put that empathy to work, you know, burn it up as it were. Mm -hmm. You can actually use it as a wonderful tool and this wonderful... Construct that gives you uh, context for your own power and your own energy. Um, so, yeah, I do think that when we when we really look at the the long sense of it, which and I've said this many times, uh, maybe not on the podcast, but certainly in private conversation, that uh, we need more female led paranormal teams. Uh, so, you know, female led par- paranormal teams out there, uh, or just all female teams of paranormal investigators. I think that we need to focus more on that because there is a distinct difference between the approach to the paranormal uh, because, I mean, we use the term hunting. Yeah. Ghost yeah, hunting. And, uh, and that's kind of a weirdly invasive and weirdly inaccurate um, portrayal of what, what you're attempting. Mm-hmm. We're not attempting to, you know, kill the ghost and yeah. stuff it and hang it on the wall. Um, that is not what is happening. However, we've come to this place where a lot of the terminology and a lot of the ideas, um, the technology is very male when you think about it. Uh, it is, uh, we're, we're tinkering with machines and we're yeah. trying to do all these things. And it's like, well, where's the intuitive part of it? Where is the um, the accepting part of it? The, the maternal part of it? Uh, it is my... Very uh, honest opinion that we need two things more in 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 the uh, the ghost hunting community, and that is women investigators who are at the lead and humor. Um, those two things are a part of creating an environment that ghosts want to be involved in. It's very <laughs> you true. Know, something lighter and softer than, you know, showing up, kicking open the door, and being like, where are the ghost at? <laughs> um, that's just not uh, conducive to the kind of work that you're hoping will get done in the field of paranormal investigation.
0: It's very true. But, like, on the um, idea of, you know, like, female energy being so, like, prominent in the spirit world and things like that, just look at folklore in general. I'm mm-hmm. like, look at all of the deities that exist. You know, like, you've got Hecate, you've got Artemis, you've got... Uh, Bridget, we, you've got like all these amazing deities that are so strong and like Hikate especially because she leans into, you know, the side of, um, witches and oh, yeah. women who have spiritual powers and stuff like that. It's always been there. It's well, always been around. And let us not forget
1: that one of the most enduring fallacies of the, you know, um, pagan side or the you know the the dark uh, not the pagan stark at all but fallacy is the virgin sacrifice uh when you think of a virgin sacrifice you only think of women you don't really think of the guy who's a virgin unless it's hocus
0: pocus Uh, well
1: (laughs) and and, in the end though it's because the word virgin itself was just young woman that's what it meant. It did not mean, you know, it, it, we, somewhere in there we converged the idea of purity and, and used the word virgin and, and, it, and it took its mantle place there. But, you know, at one time a virgin didn't necessarily mean someone who had had, it, it had never had sex. It was simply a term, a blanket term, for young woman. And so the young woman was the brunt of sacrifice of you know um, uh, of holding up a mantle of purity, which was such a an unfair thing to do because it was like well women are pure, but men can be, you know, sullen. And you know, so they, they, that's fine. You know, a man can, can go out and do the dirty things. It's like, yeah, well, who's he doing it with? If, yep, you know, that is very true. You're going to run out of virgins if you keep that up. So um, it, it's interesting because in that context, it's also a mistake of what you need to uh, proceed with certain dark practices. The blood of a virgin the blood of a young woman the blood of a woman being a person who can bear a child who can uh, access a a you know a nexus of supernatural energy that's a, that's a new connotation of what you're really trying to do you're trying to get some of the the blood that was associated with the beginning of life uh, so yeah there's a, there's there's an interesting tie in with society's recognition of the power of a woman mm-hmm. Closely followed by the suppression of a woman.
0: Oh, well, you know, yeah. Because
1: you do not want to. Uh acknowledge the power of a woman if you don't have that power <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't have that power you're like um we got to do something we'll build a tall building okay you know well, i'll build a big tall building and we'll see a woman do that and it's like no it still pales in comparison to giving birth So
0: very true i'm like that's graphic if you've ever watched someone give birth it is horrifying um but yes so It's just, it it is an interesting topic to get into. I don't think it's, I think it's one we haven't really ever dove into entirely. No,
1: no. It's worth, it's worth the examination at the very least.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, uh, I always like talking about witchy deities and things like that, Um, especially Celtic deities. I love the Morrigan. She is so scary and so fascinating, but great um, representation of a woman to be feared because she will destroy anyone so well
1: and even you know when you when you look at um you know uh kali you know the the great death goddess you know Mm -hmm. that the concept of of creation and destruction being in a feminine form is uh universal because without the woman there is no life um and you know yes many men will, will show up to the, to the table being like, well, we contribute. It's like, eh, calm down. Um, <laughs> it's true. Uh, it, it, there is a, 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 a great deal to be said about uh, that innate cultural fear and suppression of women and the fact that women seem to have this connective and powerful source. Um, not to say that men don't, and not to say that men can't access it, uh, not to say that that feminine energy is not accessible. It's just that in many societal constraints, we fear accessing the feminine. We fear admitting to having any feminine attributes. You know, uh, and and that too, I think, is a part of this cultural societal. Um, you know, the growth of civilization has always been a we have to polarize these things and not allow them to cross which I think is, is, is part of, um, of the struggle of our trans community is they are going against millennia of, of strict regimen to ensure that the male energy is over here and the female energy is over there. And that is uh, patently wrong. You know, it's patently against everything that nature has taught us. Uh, but we are an unnatural brood. We are, <laughs> humans Humans are terribly unnatural.
0: Well, I mean, and there are various cultures who have um, had belief in, you know, like a uh, like in uh, a certain Native American cultures, there's mm-hmm. the belief of the two spirit, um, which I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but yeah. uh, essentially it's somebody who embodies both the um, energy of the male spirit and the feminine spirit. And so uh, essentially they are just like, the highest uh, spiritual awareness, essentially, is in a lot of different cultures. So, oh yeah, and they
1: recognize multiple genders. That, oh yeah, you know, and, and, and not just three, not just four, but you know, a a a, a variety.
0: Yeah. Um, so. On another side of, you know, since we're in the realm of witchcraft, um, I know Maddie also is very into the witchy things. Uh, so when we're filming this, uh, Halloween is tomorrow or Samhain for you, uh, witchy pagan folks. So, um, do you have any plans for what you're thinking of doing to celebrate or, uh, yeah,
2: um, I like to set up my altar um, and kind of do some tarot readings, um, burn some incense and everything, I kind of um, allow myself to get grounded again, because it is a time where, you know, this veil is so thin, especially. Um, so being someone who's more susceptible to um, a lot of encounters, I I, I, I tend to kind of do this meditation where if anyone's struggling with too many voices kind of going on, um, how I've, I got really overwhelmed when I was in high school um, from kind of having nights where I wasn't really sleeping. I was scared to go to sleep because when I slept, I would just see so many different people trying to come into my dreams. Um, and so there's a meditation that I do if anybody is in trouble with that and you wants some. And it's essentially visualizing your house and visualizing closing all of the doors and locking them, closing all the windows and locking them and stuff like that. And so I kind of do that before I go to bed, uh, especially on Halloween, because um, that's the time when, the veil is so thin, but no, um, I'm, I'm planning on setting up my altar a little bit more um, and often making like some autumnal tea is really nice as yes. well. Um, and kind of just reconnecting with my own body and my own mind and kind of aligning in that way and then also I'll be here at the savannah underground as well
0: yes (laughs) yes we will be with all of the heathenry of you know um the season so uh I will also be here but uh in a way to honor Halloween and Salwin. um I personally like to honor ancestors and, um, you know, past loved ones, which kind of aligns with that, like, um, Dios de los, uh, los muertos. Mer- sorry, my mouth is not working. It is very early day of the dead anyways. Um, so basically it's kind of that same concept of, you know, that's a good time because the veil is so thin that you're able to really, commune with the ancestors. So, um, some ways I know people have done it is that they leave place settings out for a past loved one at their dinner that night. Or what I like to do is, um, my ancestors liked whiskey and scotch, um, a lot, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, the Scots, uh, Scottish ancestors, they really, uh, they, they come through it. It is, it is JT scotch. I don't drink scotch. (laughs) Um, I I choose the uh, one that he's less likely to notice usually, but that's okay. So. uh, Pour one out
1: for the homies. Exactly.
0: Well, it's funny, (laughs) actually, JT, um, I was not home one night and he was drinking uh, just like a really nice scotch to, you know, decompress or whatever. And he poured some into my ancestor's offering bowl and he goes, I figured they would like it. You know, it's an Oban, like what, twelve Oh, and Oban's 18. And he's like, I figured they would like it. So I just poured a little bit for him. <laughs> and I was like, You are, Talkful. you're on the right track, buddy. <laughs> um, he's like, I am trying to gain. Uh, favor (laughs) from these people but yeah there are things that you can do in that way along with you know like reconnecting yourself like recharging before we go into you know the solstice time of the year where there's darkness and really getting yourself figured out before we go into the time of just not a lot of light outside and
1: yeah and I mean that's the whole point of 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 our Halloween is it marks the beginning of a season of death you know, you're going into winter. You're going into the time when nature recognizes it, uh, and and that's one of those things. Is we've be, become obsessed with the the, the 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 scary aspect of it. But the truth of the matter is, uh, because the veil is so thin, it is the time to really honor those who um, who are supporting you and who are around you, and you can more easily communicate. You know, just in thought. You know, one of those things that people fail to recognize is that we are constantly haunted, constantly. If ever in your mind something pops up, some person from your past, uh, a lost loved one, just pops up randomly without there being association, you can kind of just call that a a haunting. That is a recognition of a spirit's energy in your life. Whether or not it is that woogity-woogity kind of sensation of a spirit showing up, it doesn't matter. You are actively participating with a spirit that is not present in, in the sense that we deem presence. So Halloween is an excellent time to really look for signs, to feel out the, the sensation because this is as close as they get because it hardens over the winter. you know, And in, in many cases, in the dead of winter is when it's more harrowing because people want to think that Halloween is the spooky season. It's a, no. When when you're when you're in the season of death, when you're in the absolute frozen wastes. And mind you we're in Savannah so we don't get that. But no, but sure. the the concept being, you know, uh, why they used to bring trees into their house yep. was to remind them that this isn't the end. Exactly. <laughs> that, that there is green in the world, that there is, you know, a spring coming, the the promise of spring, which is that rebirth, that new life. And So yeah, the disparity and the despair of the of the deep dark winter is where you're more likely to be uh, accosted by spirits uh, versus, you know, this 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 evening that is about being able to communicate, being able to reach out, being able to to put together some kind of presentation of self for your spirit guides and your spirit attachments. So don't, uh, don't think of, of Halloween as, you know, we call it spooky season. We, and we, and we indulge in all these frightening aspects of it. But the truth of the matter is, and we say it a lot on the show, love is the strongest bond between the living and the dead. And love is the path for most of these spirits to express themselves, to interact. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be familial. It doesn't even have to be someone you know. We can share love for our fellow man. We can share love for, you know, the condition of humanity. And if we could practice a little more of that. And, and and you know, this is the time to do it. This is the time when, you know, uh, we kind of laid over you know all saints day all yeah. hallows day you know we we laid it over you know the 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 rich pagan traditions and we kind of like because there was a recognition when when the christians were really trying to make those conversions and and, and, and ensure that everybody was there there was this absolute recognition that oh you know what this day you know that that November 1st is the day but the night before you know? yeah and so it, it makes for this interesting thing that culturally we've accepted that this is the time for spirits to appear and show up and uh, participate with our lives yeah
0: and that is not to say that we don't like the traditional spooky things oh, no, I no. love Halloween absolutely
1: <laughs> <laughs> but- <laughs> don't get us wrong it's it's you know uh, our concept of Halloween and the practice of Sawin is much Very different. different. <laughs> Very uh, different. So, indulge in, in Halloween. And, you know, knowing that, that this is actually airing after Halloween, you know, uh, indulge in every Halloweeny thing. Love the things that you love. Spooky people be spooky. But uh, at, at the same time, note that we do have a tendency to uh, alter or lean towards a more sensationalistic version of hauntings and of yeah. you know and, and we, uh, we again another thing we say on this podcast a lot is uh we tell the scary stories because they they have more punch to them but they are not the most common ghost story you know the most common ghost stories are ones about fam- family reaching out of of seeing family members or people that you love the love and 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 light are far more uh present in the world than the dark, you know, boogity boogies.
0: The boogity boogities. (laughs) um, (laughs) But it is, um, it's also funny though, to see some of the traditions that we've adapted to be less frightening for Halloween. Because think about like jack-o'-lanterns. Do you know what they used to carve before it was jack-o'-lanterns? I'm not sure if most people know this. It was turnips. Turnips. And Those do you know how scary turnips are when you carve them? They are so weird and uh, creepy looking.
1: They it are is- peculiar, and it's peculiar to see a turnip with a candle in it. You know. Yes. It, it, and, and you know it's funny because uh, we even uh, came up with a uh, we retrofitted a, 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 a fairy tale folk tale about Stingy Jack oh, to yes. help people. Uh, transfer into it. But uh, putting a light inside a a hollowed out vegetable is a long tradition. It it actually predates all the things that we know of is, you know, this was a way to light your way. There are lanterns Mm -hmm. for the evening, you know, you couldn't carry it in your hand. So the handy things that they had, root vegetables, (laughs) gourds, things Mm -hmm. like that, it was not uncommon to put them in there. And, you know, putting a face on it, that 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 was just somebody's really twisted idea It's like i'm going to show you something look at this well, like
0: ha 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 looks and like it might a have tiny been entertaining face. at the
1: time but
0: <laughs> it is creepy though when you look back at like old photos of Carved turnips, but and there are still some countries that do it, mm-hmm. uh, which is even more creepy because they're like, ah, yes, kitties, walk around in your costumes and hand out turnips. <laughs> it's like delicious, delicious. And I would be really
1: uh, angry too if I yeah. got a turnip. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying, not that I trick or treat anymore. But if I show up at your door with a candy bag, don't throw a turnip in there.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would take a carb turnip over like a pack of dental floss or something. Like, you know, so that's those that's true. Don't be
1: judgy with your your Halloween give outs. Don't, don't be like, well, here you go. Yeah, floss. Yeah. I'd be so mad at floss. Well,
0: have you, or like, that's a fun thing to talk about just in general. A very side tangent. Of just <laughs> like the, <laughs> the weird things that people hand out at Halloween. Like, cause you, it really says a lot lot about a person oh no, sure does, the, absolutely yeah. you can
2: always the, tell who the dentist is yes <laughs> you can always tell.
0: or the person that is just a little off in handing out homemade treats and they're like mm-hmm, yeah hmm. we can't do that
1: we're past the, the it's not the 70s the, yeah. anymore <laughs> so well and uh and it's not even as cost effective anymore oh it's not you know you can buy a gigantic bag of candy for a lot less than the ingredients of your you know Hundreds popcorn of popcorn balls. Yeah, exactly, popcorn yeah. Ball. just <laughs> the, the time alone to make a popcorn ball is extensive. It is. Well, uh, I, I, pennies is also a thing. If you it, it, don't don't give a bag of pennies.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. One for you and one for you. Don't go spending spin it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well uh with that uh now that we are getting delirious um on this but uh thank you maddie for joining us we really appreciate having you
2: yeah it's been a ton of fun and thank you all
0: yes um so definitely if you guys have any like photos or things that you want to send us you're more than welcome to because we always like seeing your various ghost photos and ghost experiences um also as always if you don't already follow us on tiktok make sure to follow us at the Savannah underground and then on our new Instagram at the most haunted city on earth. And then if you are not already a pair junkie, definitely consider becoming one because you get special, um, you know, discounts and stuff on merch and you get exclusive content and you get to see my dogs often and that's fun. So, you know, <laughs>
1: it's important.
0: <laughs> yes. It's really important to see tartan in his, pumpkin sweaters you know Mm. um that's that's the content that they're coming for (laughs) but yes so with that though thank you guys again I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, my name is Madison Timmons I'm Chris Susie. and stay spooky y'all